This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosts in game parlays, live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. So sign up today to bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WINBET. State restrictions apply. We also brought to you by the Mini Helmet Contest. The SGP Mini Helmets are now in the store and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpockets.com slash helmet at sportsgamblingpockets.com slash helmet. And we're also brought to you by our college football playoff props contest. Short hour gift card to the winner, which is going on right now, exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, DGENs, uh, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. It is New Year's Eve right now. Uh, as maybe some of you guys who are in your upper thirties, you got young kids. Uh, I don't really have any plans for New Year's Eve. Uh, I do have plans tomorrow though. Uh, so I will be unavailable, but here I am today. Come to you live. Uh, going to talk about the capital, going to talk about Kapalua, uh, Central Tournament Champions. Now I'm well past the days of going to a douchebag club in Rochester, Rochester, New York and, uh, getting bottle service. But, you know, I'm going to try to make the best of it. So I do have a drink. Usually I'm not the drinker on the show. Here we go. Uh, there we go. Got my little master's uh, glass right here. A uh, little vodka seltzer. I've already had one in the tank. Uh, I'll be drinking that periodically throughout the show. And, you know, we're going to kick off the PGA Tour season uh, with a really good tournament. Uh, the Century Tournament Champions. One of my favorites on the schedule. Uh, I'll go into a lot of the reasons why I love that tournament. but. It's a return to golf. Um, you know, we had the exhibition match between JT and Spieth and Tiger and Rory, which is kind of a dud. Uh, we had the Hero World Challenge, which I tend to like a lot, not like a lot of people do, but we've had a lot of really kind of crappy events in the fall, uh, a lot of events that just didn't get us really excited. But here we are. We're going to kick it off with the Century Tournament Champions. Great field. They expanded the field too, which is kind of bullshit, but um, it only added just more good players into it. I guess that's not really such a bad thing. So yeah, we're going to talk about that tonight. So uh, before we get to that, uh, let's talk about WinBet. So WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. They have reduced juice on sides and totals for all bowl games uh, day of. Uh, you got great promos, odds, and payouts that are happening right now at WinBet. Right, are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. It's limited state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know where they sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N and B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call Boston Capper. Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Got to do another swig of the drink. Ooh, there we go. Uh, I think that's a little more in a double that <laughs> I poured. All right, let's talk about Kapalua. Um, so this was always a great event. You had the winners of all the PGA Tour events uh, going back uh, to last calendar year. And I think anybody who won the Century Tournament Championship. So it's always been a good event. What the PGA Tour has been doing to try and combat live is figure out ways to generate more money and cash for its stars. And the best way to do that was take the guys that didn't win last year and say, you know what, as long as you made the FedEx Cup playoffs or FedEx Cup finals, make East Lake, 
you're allowed to play. It's similar to what they did back in uh, the COVID uh, era when it was a reduced schedule. So they just decided to just invite everybody. So, you know, this isn't just the Century Tournament Champions anymore. It's kind of a shame. It's basically the Century Tournament Champions and guys who did other good things. Good. Um, but you know what? It's fine. Like, we're going to have Hoblin in there. We're going to have Morikawa playing. We're going to have Sungjae playing. We're going to have Cameron Young teeing off and bombing off at these 100-yard fairways, which I'll talk about a little bit. But the only big name that isn't here, it's Rory. Uh, Rory is not playing the Century Tournament Champions. It's not really a huge surprise. Um, you know, he never usually plays this tournament. Usually he skips the Hawaii swing. He's also going to go over... Excuse me. He's going to go over to him play in Hawaii. Or not Hawaii. Jesus. How much stock is in that? He's going to play in the Middle East uh, in a couple weeks. We're going to see him in the H- Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship over at Yas Links. Um, that's a really good, you know, Middle East swing where you're going to get a lot of European tour players going over, maybe a couple of the bigger name uh, American players as well. Going to go play over there. There's a lot of money. I mean, it's more money than the Amex or uh, Sony's really going to offer. But um, that's when we're going to see him. But other than that, we're going to see Rom. We're going to see Murakawa. We're going to see Justin Thomas. We're going to see Xander. We're going to see Cantley. We're going to see pretty much every other big name you can think of in the world of golf coming to a really good golf course. Um, and I'll just get into it right now. So my column is going to come out uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's in, you know, edit post right now. Uh, basically, I've been too lazy to edit it so far. Um, but uh, so in that column, I'll go through basically each hole. But uh, for tonight, uh, I just want to go over just why I love this tournament. Um, first of all, it's the return of the PGA Tour. Um, living in Rochester, New York, where it's cold, uh, it's snowy. It's usually nice to see Hawaii golf with great views of Molokai and the ocean, some blue whales splashing up and down you know, in the waves, going to commercial, um, prime time as well. It doesn't really beat a whole lot. Um, it's nice. Like, I don't even really mind when it goes to commercial because I get the nice ukulele music. I got Mark Rolfing, Rolfing with Hawaii, you know, facts, you know, just strutting out everybody with how much he knows about the island. It's great. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's up against the NFL playoffs, but, you know, I'm still flipping over. I'm still checking in. It's a great field, great tournament. Um, and honestly, you know, it's, it's at a great golf course too. Is there anything really special about, you know, just take it for what it is, tee to green? Anything special about the green complexes? No. But, you know, Core and Crenshaw, this is a feat of golf architecture. Just putting a golf course on literally the side of a mountain, literally a ski slope. You know, so, so the highest point is a 17th tee box. That's about 560 feet in elevation above sea level. The lowest point is the, I think, the second green, which is about 60 feet above sea level. You know, that's a giant, giant elevation change for a golf course. And the fact they're able to put a coherent routing on the side of a mountain that makes it playable for a lot of different types of players, makes it playable for me, makes it playable for the pros. Um, It just, you know, kudos to them. They really create a golf. There's not many golf courses on the PGA Tour where I actually want to go play it. Like, yeah, they'll go to, I don't know, TPC Twin Cities. I don't want to play that. I don't want to play PJ National. I have no desire to play Bay Hill, but Kapalua, I definitely do. I I I think that would be 
a wonderful round of golf. I think it'd be fun. You know, you got really wide fairways, big greens. You know, there's a lot of room to miss, but you also have these dramatic elevation changes, especially the downhill shots. You have great views of the ocean. Like, there's not really much that can beat that. And you're in great weather as well. A lot of fun shots, a lot of down, fun downhill shots over some canyons and some, um, you know, like hazard areas that can be pretty, you know, a nice challenge. The ball is going to roll out pretty nicely too down the hill. Um, I just think it would be a lot of fun to go play. So, you know, there's not, like I said, there's not many golf courses um, like that on the PGA Tour. This happens, happens to be one of them. So, uh, let me take another break. And then this is going to be a short and sweet show. Uh, first of all, no break, no sip. Ooh. For anybody listening to podcasting, that's probably really bad radio. But anybody watching right now, hey, you get to see me uh, drink a little bit. Uh, <laughs> while we're taking our break. And then let's actually go over some things you actually care about, some betting strategies. All right. Uh, let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. So we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog this season, uh, never ends right now. You can play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft their. Playoffs best ball team. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use the promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get 100% deposit match up to $100. It's underdogfantasy promo code SGPN. All right. One more sip. There we go. All right. So let's talk about some betting strategies here. Um, let's talk about the grass type first. So this is Wall to Wall Bermuda. Um, Specifically, the greens are a tip eagle Bermuda. We see that a lot of golf courses at the PGA Tour. We saw a couple of these at um, in the fall swing. Albany Golf Club, uh, that is tip eagle Bermuda. Sea Island uh, for the RSM Classic, that is also tip eagle. Uh, Bay Hill and PJ National, um, Bay Hill for the R. Palmer Invitational, PJ National for the Honda Classic, tip eagle Bermuda. So this strain of grass is uh, better to be, is pretty, excuse me, it's cold resistant. Uh, which is kind of strange that this is actually in Hawaii. But that's the strain of Bermuda that they uh, chose from here. Uh, T the Grand, I think it's Champion Bermuda, which I believe is the Bermuda strain of the Houston Open at Memorial Park. So if you're somebody that really wants to get into the weeds as far as uh, specific green types, grass types, really, you really want to match the tip Eagle Bermuda to the, you know, for your putting services to other courses, that's those are the four to use. Otherwise, though, usually Bermuda, I just look at just in general how you are just on Bermuda. Uh, there's, you know, guys who grew up playing Bermuda, know how to put on it. Uh, they know how to chip off of it. Uh, I guarantee when I go down to Florida in a couple of months and play my brother-in-law's home course, um, you know, off the team of my irons might be okay. I'm going to be messing around the greens and I'm not going to putt very well. Just have to accept it being a, a Northeast creature putting on Bet Poe and Bent Grass. But for handicap purposes, um, just look at Bermuda. Uh, so the plantation course, though, itself is just under 7,600 yards long. I think it's 7,596. Par 73. I think there's five par fives, possibly. I don't know the exact number. I can drink. <laughs> um, but it's par 73. That's part of the reason why every single year um, it's way under par. Because, listen, a lot of these par fives are par fours. A lot of these par fours are essentially par threes, as we'll talk about a little bit. Um, but the true yardage of each hole really depends if it's uphill, downhill, downhill, into the wind. Um, you know, you got the wind with you. 
you're going to hear a lot about the Kona winds this week from Mark Rolfing. I love it when he brings it up. Uh, that is the prevailing east-northeast wind. So a lot of holes are going to play into the wind. A lot of holes are going to play downwind. For example, I'm going to put this in the article. I put the overhead view from Google Earth. Uh, the 12th, the 12th hole, that has the wind right at the player's backs. And that's the hole where you saw Dustin Johnson almost dunk it in for an ace uh, from 420 yards. And you have Brandon Chambly call it the greatest shot in the history of golf, which is um, a little bit extreme. But, you know, listen, that's his opinion. Um, but coming right back up the hill on the 13th, it's only 407 yards. But if you have a stiff east-northeast wind, you know, you got a, a couple bunkers that I think are about – 250 260 over on the left there left and right um if it's a really stiff east northeast uh wind between being uphill and into the wind you're not really making the bunkers even that can be one of the hardest holes on the pga tour so it's funny enough i think you see some like um you know they track on the pga tour some of the longest drives of the year have come on the 12th hole some of the shortest drives of the year coming on the 13th it just, it just, you know, it's it, th that's kind of Kapalu in a nutshell. You know, you're going to have extreme downhill shots where, yeah, like you're going to hold a short iron in hand, but you're hitting 175 yards. You're going to have a long iron in hand, but it's extremely uphill into the wind, you know, from 150. So there's a lot of different variety of approach shots you got to hit, which I'll talk about a little bit. You know, it's a shot maker's golf course. You're going to hear that a lot this week. Um, yeah, you know, it's just that that's part of the reason why it's 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 I think it's a great it's one of the better golf courses on the PGA Tour. Um, so let's talk about the fairways and greens. So they're like I said, they're wide. They're generous. Uh, some fairways are over, over, almost 100 yards wide. And in the 18th, I think it's like 95 yards wide. It's impossible to miss uh, unless you're like me, who's probably going to slice it, you know, into the uh, thick stuff on the left. Uh, the greens average just a little over 8,700 square feet in area. Those are they're giant greens. Um and this explains why the driving accuracy and green regulation rates are north of eighty percent, and that's also the reason why this place is one of the more the easier um, uh, setups on the PG Tour. Um, you know, it field average is a little over two hundred per round. Uh, like I mentioned, being a par seventy three, that helps having it be significantly under par. But just you know, any time, just in general, uh, you give a professional wide fairways. Big, soft greens. A couple of years ago, they were firm because they had a renovation. Um, now, with a bunch of foot traffic from tourists and you know a couple uh, uh, venues or a couple tournaments here, they soften up a little bit. We saw it a little bit last year. These guys are going to get themselves you know, plenty of birdie opportunities. Excuse me, I didn't have another drink. Um, if there is a defense to the plantation course, it's probably on the greens. Of all golf courses on the PGA Tour with at least five tournaments played since 2015, Capitol features the fifth most difficult greens to put on uh, relative to strokes gained as far as like expected strokes gained. Um, you know, it, it, there seems like there's a big challenge on putts over five feet in length. Might be a combination of the fact that these are slower greens. It's got some subtle undulations to them, not all that severe, uh, but it's enough to give these guys some trouble, especially if the wind also is... Um, kind of whipping too, that can affect some of these putts. So, you know, generally speaking, like um, I mentioned this in my open championship preview, uh, which you can find all those major championship previews on sportsmanpodcast.com. Um, generally speaking, and with slower green speeds, um, I tend to shade a little more towards better putters. Um, looking at some of the past leaders, we'll look at last year's, it tends to be kind of the case that those types of guys, especially when, there's a lot of birdies like we probably will get again this year. 
the better putters usually rise to the top. Uh, unless you get like a Cal Morikawa type that's going to just hit everything to within 10 feet. And, you know, he's never going to make a bogey. So um, now let's look at some types of approach shots these guys are going to hit. So I, I'm going to have this chart from Data Golf. Um, so if there are anything that's above average in rates, it's anything under 100, uh, 100 yards. Uh, that's higher than PGs who are average, but it only makes up about 15% of all your approach shots. Uh, and then anything over 200 yards is higher than average in the PG Tour, but that only makes up about, eyeballing it, about 30%, so one out of three. I guess that's a little significant, but like I, I guess with this particular golf course, like I notice a lot of times when I read these charts is that there's a significant concentration that you want to look at. Like 60% of your shots are between like 125 and 175. It's a lot of the same types of shots over and over and over and over. And at that point, then I want to actually look at that bucket and say, okay, how close do you hit it to the pin? How do you score on those types of holes? Here, though, um, it's hard to get like a, a condensed enough range where you're getting a significant sample size to actually look at. Otherwise, I guess you could technically look at from like anything over 150, which covers 150, 175, 175, 200, 200 plus. But that only covers about 30, 43, 49 you know, about 58% of your shots, there's still a lot there. Like 42% of your shots, you're not looking at, you know, in your handicap. So for me, I just look at just how you hit your irons in general. I like just targeting guys at this tournament that are just solid iron players through the bag, you know, just, you know, they're comfortable hitting good wedges. They're comfortable hitting Good long approach. It's just all around like solid games. And those tend to be the types that do pretty well at Kapalua. So I don't really want to pigeon myself into like, all right, I only want to hit like mid iron guys. I want to hit long iron guys. Like as you'll see last year, you know, there's all different golfers as walks of life uh, that could do well here. And it's a testament to how core and crunch kind of set up those golfers. Uh, and you kind of see that a little bit in the uh, relative skill set chart too. Um, so there's a higher correlation. And again, this is in my column. Um, there's a higher correlation in guys who tend to hit it a little farther that tend to have success here, but there's also a higher correlation in guys who are really good with their irons, pretty good around the green and good putters. Basically what that means is however you do to score around the golf course, whatever your strengths are, you are allowed to do that at Kapalua, probably because the fairways are so wide. You're always hitting from the short grass and the greens are so big that you're generally hitting a lot of greens. So it allows you to basically excel in your different strengths that you typically gain around, you know, around, you know, that you typically gain on the field and you can do very well. So it's funny enough, you know, that's kind of describes a little bit about Augusta National. Like, yeah, like, you know, as, as they lengthened it, longer hitters have had an advantage, but that's a golf course where you have to do a lot of things well. You know, you have to be, drive it well. You got to hit your irons well. Uh, more so at Augusta, it's more your longer approach shots. Here's basically through the bag. You got to be able to hit, you know, shorter irons, long irons, hit it uphill, hit downhill, hit from side hill lies. You see that a lot of Augusta National too. And funny enough, um, I'll make mention again about this in a little bit. Um, Data Golf has as its most correlated golf course to Kapalua as Augusta National. And I'll go over some list of guys who have done really well at Augusta and Kapalua. It's it's a pretty significant, you know, comparison. So so let's look at last year though. 
now, so part of the reason that I think we got kind of a diverse leaderboard, uh, I'm going to take a little break for a second. All right. So part of the reason why I think we had a pretty diverse leaderboard last year was because it was dead calm conditions and they got a lot of rain in December. Soft golf course, no wind. Anytime you get that situation, guys are going to eat it up. So the winning score last year was Cam Smith, minus 34. Had that at 25 to 1. I was very happy about that. It's nice to start the year with an outright. Uh, I remember throughout that whole back nine, though, because that was at when John Rahm was still considered like the big bad. Like he would just come off a massive 2021 where, yeah, he only won once, but he was just always in the mix. And just because he was just playing so good. And I just was just waiting for Cam Smith to just blow it blow. Probably because I had scar tissue from uh, him at the Northern Trust when he hit one into the water while leading by two. And then the playoff, he hit one out of bounds. Regardless, so he ended up holding on. It was great. But you look at some of their, you know, this, this top 10. And try and tell me where there's a correlation between anybody. Cam Smith won. John Robbins is the second. Matt Jones, who I forgot about, is in third. Uh, yeah, can't lane fourth. I guess I guess this is one of the few Bermuda golf courses you actually can do well at is Kapalua. Go figure. Yeah, Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger, Kyle Moore, Kyle, Kevin Gizzard, um, uh, T5, all tied for T5, which that's kind of basically four different types of players that can kind of do it differently. Uh, T8, uh, T8 for Stone JM, T10 for Mark Leach and Cameron Davis. So a lot of different skill sets uh, in that top 10. Sorry, Cam Smith. Not all that great usually off the tee, although in this tournament, he actually led the field off the tee in strokes game that week. Um, but he really improved with his iron, especially his shorter irons too, just hits those really close and an absolute god around the green. Great putter. John Rahm, who's basically pretty much a very complete player, but probably one of the best, probably the best driver of the, of the ball um, in the world, I would say, between his length and accuracy. That combo right there, he hits the best. Um, you know, I mean, you would expect this type of golf course that would actually neutralize him a bit because everybody's hitting fairways. Everybody is, is hitting it long, but he's really good with his irons. Great putter, to, you know, usually a pretty good putter too. Uh, but that's him. But all right, we get to Matt Jones. Fairly longer hitter. At his best, he's a, usually a pretty good putter. Um, it's weird that he was actually in the mix of this tournament at minus 32. That's insane uh, because as my co-host usually puts it, he's only really good in wind. Wasn't the case here, but he was in the mix. Patrick Cantlay, again, another solid all-around good player. Justin Thomas, elite ball striker. Can have a little bit of trouble with his putter sometimes, but T to green, really good. Daniel Berger, fairly accurate. He doesn't really have all that much pop. Um, that's a guy who kind of hits or misses with his putter. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not, but he's really good in Bermuda usually. You know, he's in there. Kyle Morikawa, hashtag team no putt. He's in that top ten. Kevin Kisner, who's the, basically the polar opposite of Cal Morikawa, terrible ball striker, but all he can do is scramble and putt. Uh, you got Sung Jay again, you know, kind of a very well balanced player in general. You got Mark Leishman when he actually was good and not on live and kind of didn't give really shit, you know, give two shits anymore. Again, another kind of well balanced player, not all that great off the tee, but usually a pretty good long iron player, decent scrambler and putter too. And then Cam Davis, you know, really good off the tee. His irons are okay, but he's a really good putter, though. So, diverse skill set right there. And that kind of explains just, like, kind of why there's a lot of parody at Kapalua. 
And it also makes it difficult, too, because not only is there a lot of parity at Kapalua, but we're coming off basically, you know, this is their first term of the year. You know, we haven't seen these guys in about a month. Uh, for a lot of these guys, we haven't seen them since the RSM. Or for a lot of these guys, we only saw them once. So it's tough to gauge how exactly these guys are doing coming in, what their form is. There's not really a particular skill set here that seems to work. It seems like whatever you do well, as long as that game kind of shows up and maybe like some of your weaknesses actually can show up at one, you know, here and you can overcome them and maybe do a little well, that might be the difference. But that's what kind of makes handicapping this tournament tough. I mean, it's a great field. Um, it's only 39 guys, but we're really only looking at for like odds purposes, outright winners, top five, top tens, maybe top 20, but those odds are probably going to be garbage. And you're real. And you're looking way down the board too. Like you're looking at like your Chad Ramey's and Ryan Brems and, you know, those types of players that, you know, might actually have plus odds for top twenties. <laughs> like I, I, otherwise you're paying a significant juice to, for a top 20, which, you know, my co-host has got, you know, done sometimes that's led to disaster for him. But I guess if there is something, and I may reference this a little bit while ago, that it seems like guys who are pretty good at Augusta National tend to do pretty well here. And there's a lot of examples, especially with some recent winners. So last year, Cameron Smith, 20, 2022 winner. He's got four top tens and six starts in the Masters, including two, t- three top five finishes. Maybe could have won the Masters if what happened on number three didn't happen, where he made, I think, two straight birdies, Scheffler, I think, bogey the first. But then Scheffler chipped in, Cam Smith made a mess of the hole, and that was it. Uh, you got 2017 champion and 2020 champion Justin Thomas. Two top tens of the last three starts of the Masters. He's somebody who's actually really improving at the Masters as we go on. Uh, 2019 Xander Shoffley, two top three finishes and five career starts. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, who's won Kapalua twice. In 2013 uh, and 2018, uh, he's also the 2020 Masters champion, and he finishes a top 10 from, for five straight between 2015 and 2020. Jordan Spieth, 2016 champion, won the 2015 Masters. Patrick Reed, 2015 champion, won the 2018 Masters. Zach Johnson, 2007 Masters champion, also won in 2014. So, like, this list composes of a past champion, Dustin Johnson, and Zach Johnson. Two polar opposite Johnsons to anybody um that just shows that really this is wide open and the guys i think this week who you know if you're a type of gambler that you don't use the databases you don't use the spreadsheets you rely on gut feel you think this guy's going to show up you look at an odds board you look at where the numbers are and you just have a feeling like this guy's mispriced this week is for you this is your super bowl the first one out of the gates because you got spreadsheet guys like me they're still going to look at stuff that happened six months ago five months ago four months ago and think it's gospel we're going to refer to it this week it might mean jack shit so maybe i need to take a page out of my co-host and abandon all that stuff and can i just go from the gut go from the heart maybe make those picks this week so um so that's it uh that's the end of the podcast it was short and sweet um if you're happen to be watching uh, happy New Year's Eve to you. Um, we're moving out of 2022, moving on to 2023. We're going to have big things. Um, if you happen to have a, gla- a drink in front of you, I cheers you. A little shot of Soko. Here we go.
there we go. So, all right. Thanks for joining me. Have a wonderful evening. Have a very safe New Year's. Take it easy.